Hi, everybody. It's John Dickerson. Welcome or welcome back to the Connection Point podcast. At the end of this episode, I'd encourage you to take a moment and check out cp.news on your web browser. Connection Point is a church that is fully online, and you can follow Jesus one day at a time from anywhere in the world with us. Well, I pray this message inspires you and challenges you today to take your next step in your faith journey. Enjoy. church. Uh, I hope you're doing well today and super thankful that we get this time as always together. Um, I'm cold, hence the, uh, the turtleneck now. Um, my goodness, it was like 70 and then it was negative 20 the next day. Like the, Thank you, Indiana. So I'm just adjusting along with you and uh, still loving every minute of it. Um, today, as we wrap up this series, Lead Them, I was hoping to have a conversation today about perseverance, because if you kind of pushed me back into a corner and forced me to pick one and only one skill that is kind of a make or break for us to develop in our own lives, much less pass on to the next generation, to our loved ones, it would be this thing of perseverance endurance, the ability to just keep going. We've got to develop this skill of perseverance. We've got to pass on, lead those around us toward uh, perseverance and endurance all the more because it's, it's not something that comes real natural. I think most of us uh, would kind of give in, give up, uh, find difficulty in persevering, especially when circumstances are, are tough. Have you ever met people who have been through an awful lot of stuff, and yet they've got this ability to just keep going? I, I'm blown away. The longer that I live, the more that I'm kind of enamored by and drawn to people that are older than me who are still walking the walk who are still in a relationship with God, who have an awful lot to teach me about what it is to persevere and endure. Because just the more years that you live, the more that you've experienced. And as you all know, we live in a really broken down, beat up world that's racked by sin, and the curse of sin has affected every aspect of life. And so, unfortunately, with that, trials are a given. If you don't have one today, then just wait till tomorrow. And some of you have experienced not just trials or a little difficulty here and there. Some of you could honestly say without any exaggeration that your experience of life has just been one hardship after another. It's been decades of it. And you could teach us something about what perseverance looks like. But I wonder how people that have been through so much just keep on going. I think a lot of us are kind of circumstantially based sorts of people. I know I am. In other words, like when circumstances are good, then I'm good. And I kind of tend to think that God is good. But the opposite is also true. When circumstances are bad, then I'm doing bad. And then it calls into question for me, 
the character and nature of God. God, are you bad or do you care? Or if I'm left too long in bad circumstances, it makes me question often, does God even exist? And it's really a bummer because we have so linked in our culture circumstances to the character and nature of God. If circumstances are lousy, then God must be lousy or non-existent. And the weird dichotomy of of the thing is this, like when stuff is good and I'm good, then I think God is good. Here's the weird part. I tend to not turn to God very much in those seasons. You'd think that when stuff is good and life's good, then I think God is good, that I'd want to hang out, talk with him, interact with him more. That doesn't tend to be the case for me. When stuff is bad and I'm doing badly, then ironically I find myself turning to him, often with questions or doubts or concerns, but I'm wondering more about him. And we allow circumstances to, quite honestly, to dictate way too much, especially about the character and nature of God. The enemy runs at us over time in this regard. If you're younger, you're a student that's here, I guarantee you the enemy is going to come at you over and over and over and over and over again with rough circumstances and cast doubt about the character and nature of God based on your difficult circumstances. Because what does the enemy want? He just wants to separate you from God any way he can. He wants to separate your trust in God, your praise of God, your relationship with God. And if he can just use a rough day, a rough week, or a rough couple of years to do it, then he's going to bring it. And so how do we persevere? How do we make it through? Well, what we've been looking at at this passage in Second Chronicles the last few weeks, and in particular, King Jehoshaphat. Uh, it is a funny name, one of the funny names in Scripture, and this king was leading God's people in challenging times. And Pastor John got us right up to a moment last week where God's people were now aware that enemies were advancing in on them. And it begs a whole bunch of interesting questions, and it's big leadership moments about how we navigate those moments when we're surrounded on every side by challenges and difficulties. And where is God in the midst of that? And we look here at this, we'll kind of resume the, the story and wrap it up here today. Second Chronicles chapter 20, if you've got your Bible, you can look there. Verse 17, Jehoshaphat has spoken up. A godly man named Jehaziel has spoken up, brought encouragement that this was really God's fight, not the people of God's fight. Verse 17, but you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. He is with you, O people of Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid or discouraged. Go out against them tomorrow, for the Lord is with you. Man, I I think for God's people in this moment, that reminder that God is actually with them would have been really powerful, brought them some strength and some comfort. For some reason now, 
a couple of thousand years removed, I think the reality that God is with us is often kind of lost on us. How often do you go throughout your day and even remember that God is closer than your breath? That he is right there with you. That he's sustaining the whole universe right now and he also knows your name and he knows the burdens you carry and he knows the hopes that you have. I think a lot of us either take it for granted or dismiss it or whatever. But I'd encourage you this week, just as many times as you can, remind yourself, remind your loved ones, the Lord's right here with us. The Lord's in our midst. Would you have more courage to speak up in an area that you maybe needed to speak up in if you knew he was right there with you? Would you have more courage to overcome or say no to this or that or the other thing if you were reminded that he's right there with you? Would you just have some sense of comfort if you're reminded he's right there with you? Because again, the enemy's going to want to separate you and get you thinking the opposite. You're all alone. You're on your own. Circumstances are all that there is. There is no God. You don't matter. It's only going to be bad, 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 bad. And if that's the volume that you're hearing the loudest, then I can guarantee you, you're going to have a difficult time persevering and enduring. And if you believe that victory is only one when your circumstances win, you're going to be in trouble. If you've been praying for that thing, hoping for that thing, wishing for that thing, you need the relationship, you want this particular job, you you need the financial windfall, You, you want that girl or this guy, or you hope the kids would turn out this way, or whatever it is, and then you don't get that particular victory, What's that going to do to you and your faith and your journey? What's that going to do to the faith journey of your loved ones? This is a key issue. I love what happens next. They've got this encouragement that the Lord is with them. Verse 18, then, then King Jehoshaphat bowed low with his face to the ground and all the peoples of Judah and Jerusalem did the same, worshiping the Lord. Then the Levites from the clans of Kohath and Korah stood to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud shout. So here's what I love. You guys, before God's people even knew the outcome, they were already worshiping. God's people had not gone into battle yet. They hadn't even seen physically with their own eyes the enemy come yet. They certainly hadn't seen God show up and deliver them from their enemies in the victory that we would all want. And yet, they were already worshiping God prior to a circumstantial victory. In that regard, I believe God's people had already won. Had the circumstantial victory occurred yet? No. But had they experienced already uh, probably the more tremendous victory in being able to worship God without seeing the outcome that they were desiring yet? Yes. And this is massive. What, What if... What if victory is more of a heart thing than a circumstantial thing? 
dear family and friends, what if the, the real victory, the real winning in our life journey isn't just God giving us what we want, when we want, in the way we want, every single time we want, and then that that somehow becomes the evidence that God is for us or good or whatever. What if real winning and victory is on the inside in our relationship with him, in our faith in him, our trust in him, and that sort of victory in here internally in your heart and soul that you just know so much that God is for you, he loves you, he's got you, he's sustaining the universe, you just know deep down in here so much that regardless of the circumstances, you're victorious. You're able to praise before you even get into the battle. You're able to praise while you're in the battle. And yeah, you're able to praise after the battle. Even if you've lost from a human perspective, you would still have won. Because whether you win or lose circumstantially is not going to wreck your faith. You will continue to persevere. And our ability to sing God's praise, to worship God, when circumstances are miserable, that's a tough skill. But it's a crucial one. You know, sometimes we need to worship God so that our hearts will catch up. Sometimes you came in, maybe you came in here today, and you were ready to worship musically, in song. You, you've got so much good stuff going on right now. Your relationship with God is so vivid and tangible right now. It's so special that when you came in, it was purely out of the overflow of what you're experiencing on a day-to-day basis with God right now, it was so easy to sing out of the overflow of your heart. I hope that was the case. But if you're like me, then there's times where I come in on a particular weekend, and by the time you've navigated the parking lot and then checked your kids in, and then you've had the argument now settled with your spouse or whatever, And then you get in and sit the seats. It's like the second or third song before you're going, oh my goodness, what are we doing here? What are we singing about? Everybody else is totally into it. I'm still still irritated. (sighs) And the tendency in those moments is to go, I don't feel it. So I don't think I'm going to sing it. And the exact opposite thing is probably what we should be doing. Just out of the obedience of it, honestly, out of the reality that God's deserving of it, regardless of what you feel, God's deserving of it regardless of what your circumstances are. And here's the cool thing. Sometimes when we sing, even when we don't feel like it, while we're singing, It might be two, three lines in. The truth of what we're saying and singing all of a sudden will sync up our heart and our tongue. And by that last song, you go, okay, good. Now, finally, we're kind of in line here. God, continue to work on me here. 
God's doing a work in here as well as circumstantially. Sometimes it seems like in opposition, but he's still doing the work. The story continues here, and it's pretty fascinating. Look at verse 20. Early in the next morning, the army of Judah, God's people here, went out into the wilderness of Tekoa. On the way, Jehoshaphat stopped and said, listen to me, all you people of Judah and Jerusalem, believe in the Lord your God and you will be able to stand firm. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising him for his holy splendor before they even got to the battle. The battle has not occurred. They've not seen the enemy yet. And, and Jehoshaphat has called them to two things. One is believe and two is Worship and praise, and here's what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord. His faithful love endures forever. Now, these battle songs amongst God's people were common, and they were actually something that they put into practice for a reason. One, because God was deserving, but two, because going into battle, it put their focus on God rather than the battle, Friends, family, that that is powerful for me and you to remember because there is this kind of magnetic default pull in all of us to be consumed by our circumstances. And then when they're bad, that's when hope and perseverance and endurance, the ability to just keep going, goes out the window. When you thank God, you're praising him. Gratitude and resentment have a very hard time coexisting. And if you are able to express gratitude and thanks to God for stuff, sometimes you have to look hard. I get it. I was going through a difficult time a little while ago. I went over to a a husband and wife couple and walked in and was explaining the misery that I was experiencing. And then the wife said, Have you thanked God for that yet lately? What? Thank God for the miserable stuff? Yeah. Have you thanked him yet? Why are you so weird? That's the weirdest question to ask. And yet the more that I thought about it, like, it stopped me dead in my tracks. And she began to bring up this, there's so much to be thankful for. You you don't know why you've been allowed to go through this or what God's going to do on the other side. But even in this, is God still deserving of thankfulness in your thanksgiving? Yeah, he is. Do you know what he's going to do with this misery that you're going through right now? Even the good stuff that he's going to bring, he's going to bring to full completion. The work that he started, he's going to continue on. Oh, okay. It was, it was mind-blowing. Well, then look at this. Now, verse 22 is so key. At the very moment they began to sing and give praise, at the very moment they began to sing and give praise, 
the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. What happened first? The circumstantial victory or the victory somewhere in here that says, regardless of my circumstances, I'm going to praise you anyway. Why? Because you deserve it. Because you're still God. Now, the crazy part is, in this particular story, God does deliver them. He brings a circumstantial victory. He brings a victory that they all wanted and that they all hoped for. And I love those moments. I love the happier, happy ever after sorts of stories and moments. But what about the moments in our life where they're not that? What about that for your loved ones? If we set them up with the false uh, sort of picture that if you pray for this, that it's always going to happen, if you pray for this, it's always going to happen, then we're just kind of elevating ourselves to God and not allowing God to be God. And we're just setting ourselves up for failure, quite honestly, because the moment that we prayed for something and it didn't happen, then we take it out on God. We don't understand that his ways are higher than our ways. That he's still in control. Pastor John and his wife Mel sat down a couple of weeks ago with two couples from Connection Point. And these two couples are wonderful people, wonderful parents. They love Jesus. They love their kids. They're not perfect. They're just trying to walk out this journey, helping lead their kids the best that they can. They got to a moment in the interview conversation where Pastor John had asked them about how to process with their kids when there's trials and hardships. What do you do when it isn't a fairy tale sort of ending? How how do you process these challenges? How do you keep going? How do you endure? How do you persevere? And I wanted you to hear just a little bit of their conversation as Pastor John and Mel sat down with them. Here's what they said. Take a look. What's what's our first response? We pray. Um, Because... That's, that's what we do. Um, and so it's just, it's, it's just constant prayer, just constant prayer. So good. I think just to think on that one too, is just sometimes I think I had the misbelief that, oh, if I pray these things for my kids, that God would protect them physically, mentally, Mm. emotionally, spiritually, that he would guide them to the good friends that nothing bad would ever happen. Don't know where that came in, but I just thought, okay, well, I've been praying for these things. God wants those things. So it's going to happen. And I think I've realized over time, that doesn't always happen. <laughs> you know, we've had, we have two kids who have medical Two kids that have medical issues, um, life-altering medical issues. Mm-hmm. Um, we have two kids who have endured significant traumas mm-hmm. um, that they will carry within the rest of their life. And, and so, okay, God, we prayed mentally, mm-hmm. physically, emotionally, spiritually, we prayed for that consistently, but it didn't happen. But one of them has chosen to go into a field because of, actually both of them, I think have chosen fields of, of study because of what happened to them mm-hmm. um, with their physical ailments and, and also with some of the traumas that they have endured. And so God doesn't always answer those prayers like we want him to. I think uh, we're guilty as parents of, you know, okay, when I pray this, God, that means bubble wrap, and mm-hmm. they just always have successes. But what you learn is that it's in the failures. It's, it's in when those 
really yeah. bad things happen, that's when they grow and that's when you grow. I think when we were thinking, when I was thinking about a struggle, I was thinking about our oldest son, um, Sanders. He had played soccer from the time that he was four all the way through um, senior year in high school. Up to and senior year. Up to senior year and had done well, had won these awards, and we're thinking, okay, he's good. You know, he's at all the practices mm. this summer. You know, he's got um, tryouts coming up um, for that senior season. And then they needed to cut five seniors, mm. and he was one of those five mm. seniors. And as a mom, like, how do you do that? How do you mm. do that to a kid who this has been his, this has been mm. his, like, his joy, his fun, his... Mm. Um, and we didn't, he didn't come home and tell us right away. I got a call from a friend and she said, have you heard? And I said, no, he's not home yet. And so Chris and I had a moment where mm-hmm. we, you know, we're, Prayed. we're, praying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and that's something we talked about. It's like, mm-hmm. we just, you know, praying for our kids, but we probably handled it, you know, being competitive people. It was like, oh man, I can't believe, how do you do that too? Like we had, we had a moment together <laughs> as a couple, like, how do you do that to a kid? And then he got home and it was like, we saw him drive up and it was like, okay, we got to get ourselves together because he's, he's walking, you know, this is not about us. This is about him. Yes. And, you know, we, we need to be there for him. And he walked in and, you know, just kind of told us what happened and, and processed through it. And, you know, that was where the, okay, are you just going to be known as Sanders, the soccer player, mm-hmm. or who are you? Like mm-hmm. you are, there's more than, more than mm-hmm. your sport. And then, um, he said, and this was so good because you you think about the things that you've done along the way when mm-hmm. they're young, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden that foundation just kind of comes back up mm-hmm. for them when they're in need, when mm-hmm. they're in need. And he said, you know, I've always felt like I needed a couple more months to swim, and I think I'm just gonna I'm gonna start swimming earlier, and I'm gonna be okay. And we're, we're just like. Oh, wow. Like he just, the door closed and he just, he had already like, it's okay. I am, I am not defined by just Mm -hmm. that. And then later on, when you were talking about community, his, his buddy, that's what I was going to talk about. His buddy, Johnny came over with just a bag of McDonald's and just sat with him and they just sat for a long time. And Johnny was not a soccer player, but he was part Mm. of the friend group and all of Sanders friends were on the soccer team. Mm. And then you cut him out of the soccer team. It was like, oh man, this is really going to hurt. Well, they had talked Johnny to coming in, you know, to come in and be a manager. So he was part of that group. And then Johnny sat down and said, hey, Sanders, why don't you come and manage the soccer team with me your senior season? And at first I was just, you know, I think Chris and I were both like, are you sure? Like you want to, you want to go from playing because he's a competitive player to like, you want to manage the team. Now, do you understand managing means you're serving you're in there you're like, hey, coach, I got water. Is there anything else you want to? I'm like, Sanders, I don't know if I could do that. And he's like, no, I want to go. I want to go. And it was about his friends. It was about being part of the group. He knew he could swim. But all of a sudden, like, he taught us. <laughs> he taught us something in that moment of. He taught us uh, about forgiveness. He mm-hmm. taught us uh, resiliency that we we didn't have at that time because we were. Um, you know, in our own minds had like a little boycott of the, of the team. And it wasn't, I mean, just a little, seriously, just a little, just a little. but uh, we, it, it wasn't until we got to senior night, senior night that uh, senior night showed us that he was still part of the team. 
and we didn't go at all that season until senior mm-hmm. night. And we were kind of just like kicking ourselves that, hey, we just learned something. <laughs> like our son taught us something and uh, he had a great time. He ended up switching sports. Um, that turned into five years of, of swimming in college. And, um, you know, God had other plans for him, but uh, we learned something. You know, um, trials are a given in this life. And so when they come, there's really only the two options. It's give up or persevere. But when we allow God into the trial and we just keep going, it allows God the opportunity to add to the story. It allows God the opportunity to own your story. Because I can tell you what's going to happen if you give up or you just bail on him the first time circumstances go bad or don't go your way then what happens without us really knowing right away is the enemy starts to own our story. And the enemy starts to add on to our story. And that separation that he wanted between us to begin with occurs. We're perseverance, just hanging in there. It doesn't mean you get it yet. It doesn't mean you like it yet. It just says, okay, God, I know you're God and I'm not. I don't get this, but... Based on your tracker, I'm going to keep going here. I'm going to hang in with you here. I'm going to trust you here. I'm going to talk to you here. I'm going to praise you here. Even though I don't feel like it, even though I don't get it. And then eventually, the same thing we're talking about, your heart starts to catch up and he adds on pieces. He makes sense of things that you couldn't make sense of a long time ago. I think essentially at the heart of perseverance, it is this ability, this skill, that Pastor John talked about last week, at the heart of perseverance, it's developing this reaction to run to God rather than run away from him, especially in trial, especially in hardship, especially when the circumstances are going sideways. We, we all need someone to cling on to. I remember when my kids were a little toddler age walking, you know, they'd wrap themselves around my leg going to the grocery store, and I just left my hands down at my side, and eventually they'd grab onto my hands. And it was the best feeling. Every single one of us needs a hand to hold. We all need to be holding God's hand. Now, as parents or people that have influence around those around us, there's a moment where we desperately want to transfer the ownership of the kid in our hand to having the kid in God's hand. And when that transfer takes place, you're just hoping that they keep holding on to the hand. If you're a student or you're younger here, that's like all I'm really hoping and praying for for you is you just don't give up. Like there's so much about God you don't know yet. There's so much about life you don't know yet. And so don't jettison him yet, please. Persevere. The circumstances are going to come and go. And who spins those and who likes to wreck those is the enemy, not God. Who will make sense of those and strengthen you through those is God. So persevere. Hang in there. Hold on to the hand. 
One time, my daughter in that store, I was walking around, and it just been a minute or so where I recognized, oh, no one's holding my hand. And she's like four or something. So I start looking around. Well, I look about 10 feet down, and there's some other man looking at the cheese or whatever. And she had thought that that man was me. And so she had just walked up, kind of wandering around, and reached up and grabbed the nearest hand. And as soon as she realized it wasn't me, she freaked out a little bit and then ran over and clinged onto my leg again, you know? Which is, again, just that huge reminder that we're all prone to reach out to the wrong hand, aren't we? Especially when the circumstances go sideways. You are, your loved ones are, and that's why perseverance in him is the key. And to take Jehoshaphat's cue, what he calls them to persevere in were two areas, persevere in believe or trust, and persevere in praise. These are the two things we must ourselves persevere in, and these are the two areas that we must pass on to the loved ones around us, to persevere in trust and praise. Did you know that we are all prone to trust or praise someone or something? I mean, we're hardwired to it. Have you ever trusted your gut? Ever trusted your heart? Ever trusted your thoughts? You ever trusted culture? You ever trusted someone else? Have those things ever let you down? Yeah. And so all I'm proposing is put more trust in the God of the universe that's been holding this thing together and give us more evidence throughout all of creation and his word and on and on and on than any evidence there is to trust yourself or what other people say. And the praise that we're so quick, the attention that we're so quick to give to so many other things, all I'm saying is God's worthy of more of our attention than anyone or anything else. And when we persevere in pulling back that direction, it's, it's a game changer. Second Corinthians In the New Testament of the Bible, Paul, in this letter I love, Paul describes an awful lot of his trials, his hardships, all the stuff that he faced. This is Paul, the same guy who said he had learned what it was to be content no matter what the circumstances. In other words, there's a clue that circumstances aren't the place to put your hope. Circumstances aren't the place to be trusting because those are going to be roller coastery. But his contentment was in the Lord. And he knew that. And he'd experienced it time and time again. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 16 and on, he says this. That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. See, when you continue to persevere in your faith, when you continue to walk with God, listen to God, dive into his word... Your spirit is being renewed every single day. If you bail on him, you stop persevering, you walk away, you disconnect from the vine as the branch, then that renewal, that strength, the comfort, the truth is not coursing through your soul. 
And what, what God's invitation is, is I know life is tough. This side of heaven, it's going to be tough. But I'll sustain you. I'll provide for you. I will allow you to persevere and endure. I'll strengthen you day after day. You just hold on to my hand. And then here's the key. Verse 17, for our present troubles are small and won't last very long. They don't always feel that way, do they? Yet in the grand scheme, look, they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. There's more to life than you can see or touch. Verse 18, here we go. So, we don't look at the troubles we can see now. Rather, we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. That deserves an amen or a right on or a woohoo or whatever. Just You can do it in your heart. You don't need to be extroverted with it. But that's good news right there. Because this is so huge. This junk that we're experiencing here, the trials that you're facing, the way you feel about yourself, the sin struggle that you can't seem to overcome, um, the relational tension, the marriage issues, the family issues, the work issues, uh, the money issues, the job issues, that's all going to fade. And someday there's going to be a big, fat, capital V victory where all of this will be over and done with Thank you, Jesus. And I guarantee you, when we reach that moment, I guarantee you, we won't look back on the roller coaster and even some of the challenges that come in following Jesus and think, man, that was a waste. There is something bigger than just the here and now, there's something bigger than just your circumstances. And the real secret to perseverance is where you and I fix our gaze. The temptation is this, when life throws you this direction, you go, oh, we're going that way now. Oh, I kind of like that way now. Okay. But then life throws you this direction, and you're like, Oh, really? I don't like that direction. But okay, God, I guess you're doing something. It's the fork in the road. Here we go. I'll go that direction if I have to. I'm not going to praise you for it. I'm not going to thank you for it. But I'll begrudgingly go this direction. But then life throws you this direction. Backwards. And none of us likes to go backwards. And that's when we go, I hate going backwards. I'm not going backwards. The tendency is for us when life goes this way, where do we start to focus? This way. When life goes this way, where do we start to focus? This way. When life goes this way, where do we start to focus? Back this way. And what Paul's proposing is something entirely different. What Paul's proposing is this, and here's the secret to perseverance the absolute crucial skill we've got to lean into and pass on. This is when life sends you this direction, Paul's saying, look up. Don't look at the circumstances. Look at the eternal. Look at the big picture. Look at the eternal one 
who's been at this thing a lot longer than you have. Look to him. When life throws you this direction, instead of looking this direction, look up and say, okay, God, I, everything wants to look at this and get consumed by this and get trounced by this, get focused on this. Let this be all that there is. But God, I'm looking to you. I'm going to fix my gaze on you. I need to know what you're up to. Make sense of this here, but I'm just going to keep focusing on you right now. If life throws you backward, that rather than looking back over the shoulder and getting consumed of what used to be, you're going to look up and say, what could be, God? I know what I was. I know what I'm capable of. I know what happened in the past, but that doesn't need to define me. Can you talk about my future? Can you talk about me? Can you talk about you and what you're doing with the past and what you're going to do in the future? I'm going to look up. And when we fix our gaze upward, you will hear the voice of God whisper or yell or proclaim to you, don't give up. And this this is a word we need from the Lord on a regular basis, especially in a society that's increasingly quick fix. We want the answer. We want the fix. We don't want any trouble. We want it now on our terms. And life just doesn't always work that way. But that doesn't mean God's off the job. It doesn't mean he doesn't care. He's right there with you in the midst. And someday, all of this junk will be over. But in the meantime, in this in-between time, He has promised to be with you. He's promised to sustain you. And you can experience victory in your life. You can pass on victory to your loved ones just by hanging in there, by not giving up, by persevering. Waking up and just saying, okay, Lord, I don't know how to make sense of this at all, but I know you haven't bailed on me. So I'm not going anywhere. My circumstances and the enemy wants me to think that you've bailed, but I'm not going anywhere because you haven't gone anywhere. Help me through. You'll emerge victorious, not necessarily because he fixed something or healed something or changed something. But you'll experience victory because he will have sustained you through whatever it is that you're going through. So for those of you that have lost a loved one, it's ripped you up, but you haven't lost your faith, you're still victorious. You're still in the game. God's going to add to that story. Someday in heaven, you'll get to see the big picture. If you've lost a job or some money, but you haven't lost your faith, you're still victorious. You've lost a marriage, but you haven't lost faith, you're still victorious. Your kids are going through something that you don't like but you haven't lost faith, you're still victorious. 
as a student or a kid, you can't stand yourself or you're struggling with a particular issue or sin that's just not going away, but you're not giving up on yourself or others or God. You're persevering. You're already victorious. Sometimes we win circumstantially, but we can always win with Jesus sustaining us to not give up. Church, we're here for you. As much as God is here for you, we want to be a tangible set of arms and hearts and voices just to wrap you up. If you're here, you're part of a church and part of a movement that wants to echo, you're not in this alone. And I'm happy as is Pastor John and the rest of the crew here to limp through this life together victorious. Did you know limping and victory can coincide? I think that's a lot of the Christian life this side of heaven. I am a victorious person with a limp. Praise be to God for that. Don't give up on him because he'll never give up on you. So gracious Heavenly Father, thank you. Thank you for the people that you put around us to lead us toward perseverance and endurance. Those that are in their 70s and 80s and just walked their whole life faithfully. And Thank you that you're more than circumstances and more than just some genie or a spiritual Santa Claus that we turn to just to get what we want. But God, you, you, you know yourself what it was to endure hardship and suffering. You know what it was like to face loss, have people hate you. Thank you, God, that you persevered. makes all the difference for us as your saints to persevere. Thank you that we're victorious now, and thank you, God, that it's a victory that will just blow our minds someday in heaven. We give you the praise and the glory for that every single moment of the day. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if today's episode encouraged you or helped you in any way, we would invite you to keep following Jesus with us. We send out a daily video text devotional. You can receive that and you can learn how to gather with us online or in person for our weekend services. All of that is available over at cp.news. That's the letter C, the letter P.news on your phone or desktop or tablet browser. Thanks again for joining us and please join me again next week for the Connection Point Podcast.